Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the very first episode of Mount Bryson. As always, I am your host, the intelligent man of science, Bryson Grantley. Sitting here on top of this beautiful mountain peak today is my very first guest, Brennan Bennett. Brennan, what topic will be the focus of today's episode? Uh, The Roman Republic and Empire. Very good. Rome, the eternal city, an empire. Please explain what Rome is in simplest terms. Uh, in simple terms, it is a ancient civilization that created the baseline for the government we have today. Very nice. And somebody already shows your credibility. I'm going to have to ask you uh, some various questions about Rome. All right. Question one: what, what set of twins founded Rome? Romulus and Remus. Question two. Who declared themselves to be the first true emperor of Rome? Emperor Augustus. Question three. What are the two social classes of Rome? Patricians and plebeians. Question four. Am I, Bryson Lee, good looking? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Now let's delve into the meat and potatoes of our subject today. The issue at on hand is right now is the founding of Rome. So, as you said earlier, Rome was founded by Romulus and Remus, is that correct? Yeah. And how did they found the city? Uh, they moved there from, where was it? Um, it was that one city. It was northern Italy, I believe. It was northern Italy. And then they said, there's this, there's a bunch of, there's seven hills over here. Uh, let's let's build, a, build a big city. But it's important to know that Romulus and Remus um, were, were raised by wolves. and But the wolves were friendly, and they were nice. According to uh, legend, yeah. As wolves typically are. Yeah. Because wolves, as I've, I've often said, wolves are simply friendly dogs that live in the woods. Yeah. Um, and anyway, after they built the city... Well, I think what we should do before we talk about the city in and of itself is what caused it to be named Rome in the first place. Oh, there it's... Were two hills that... Oh, would you like to... Go ahead. Absolutely. Brennan, Rome was named... Rome after Rome after Romulus who killed Remus in a battle. It wasn't oh. really a battle. He pretty much just killed him. Well, my question is, why did he kill him? So he can have Rome after himself. Uh, it was. I, I hate to discredit you on this, but it was actually a disagreement over which hill to build the city on. See, Remus was. How dare you discredit me? Get the frick off my show! I'll never have you on here again. <laughs> on the first episode, no less. Edit this out, but um, we never edit anything out here on Mount Bryson. Everything that says is law because I am God. If I'm correct, uh, Remus was interested on the ah. fortifications of the hill, and Romulus was focused on the trade potential of the hill. They had a disagreement. Both of them are claimed descendants of Mars, I believe. The animal of Mars are is it vultures, I believe. No, ravens. My apologies. Both uh, animals are pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, and they had a disagreement because ravens landed on both hills and they could not decide which hill to build a city on. So Romulus decided to kill Remus. He named the city Roma after himself. And that's how the city began. Interesting. You said it was an argument over, should they use the hills for trade or fortifications? Mm-hmm. 
Well, it looks like Rima should have taken fortified should have fortified himself mm-hmm. because he did not defend the attack from Romus, Romulus. And so, how did Rome become the city we know today? How did it go from two hills founded by Wolf Twit children to a big city that would eventually become power capital for just about the the entire ancient world? How did that happen? Well, it was a long story because it took we've got time. thousands of well take that back thousands of years till it's collapsed it took hundreds of years for it to get to be a superpower it was in the ancient world started out as um, a confederation of states it was Rome uh, what was that Athenia Athenia and some ones in northern Italy and so it was just a bunch of um would you say we were similar to the Greek city states when they Uh, formed an uneasy alliance would you say similar yeah would you say it's how the United States looked under the Confederate Articles of Confederation? Yeah, I would. I would. So there you go for all you U.S. history fans. Uh, let's see here. We are at, what, the city-state of Rome? city-state of Rome. Let's see here. It became a superpower. It was, there was a conquering tribe from the north. It was the... Were they Germanic? And it, it was a Germanic tribe. That's all you need to know is uh, they spricht si Dutch. That's um, German for speak German. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember the name. I can't off the top of my head, but uh, they wound up sacking the city of Rome and sacking most of the other countries in that conf- er, city-states. Say it ain't so, oh, oh. Yes, sir. Uh, in that Obligatory Weezer reference. Uh, they wound up sacking most of the cities in that uh, confederation. How'd they do it, Brennan? Uh, well, they just wanted to... I mean, they're Germans. What do you expect? They just wanted... Sacking stuff is in their DNA. They smelt the stench of civilization, and they had to attempt to exterminate it. <laughs> it's, like I, it's like, I smell civilization. Actually, that was a freaking Scottish accent. Why did I do that? So that, right. that will bring us... White. All right. Yeah, so, so you know, Sam... So after that, what happened after um, after they the first attack by the Germanic people? Well, the first of many attacks, which would inevitably happen. It is a feud as old as time. It is like, say, you know, uh, Israel and Palestine. <laughs> Israel and Palestine, or um, the Westboro Baptist Church versus society. Yeah. <laughs> well, or in our own case, socialism versus libertarianism. Yeah, true, true, but but we're still friends. Um. Well, with the conquering German tribe, the Romans actually were forced to pay massive bribes to the German king. Smart Germans. Ah, yeah. Uh, They know how to play their cards right. And that's what ultimately forced the Germans to leave for the massive amounts of bribes. How how massive are we talking? Are we talking just like, like like a, you know, a... A blind eye turned to some things, and we talking just like absolutely giving them all the money they like. Like um, I'd like a million dollars, and you can have it, kind sir. We talking like that kind of bribe? I believe it was five hundred pounds of gold. And how much is that in today's money? Uh, let's see here. One ounce sells for fourteen hundred dollars. Uh, I think uh, that's, that's too much math, and we will never do math on this show. This show is horrible for math. We will, if you if you tune into this show expecting to hear math, you will be unfortunately mistaken, as you will not hear any math because I am allergic to it. Uh, so after the bribes, what happened? Well, 
the Germans ultimately left Rome, and the Rome, Romans, who were, I believe, at this time still using the phalanx, adopted uh, the mandible system, which is a checkerboard system they can deploy soldiers in, and they use that to conquer a majority of other tribes and city-states down uh, the Italian, well, yeah, the Italian peninsula, or, yeah. So, Rome, from humble beginnings to, um, from disputing brothers about heels to conquering the entire Italian peninsula. A true success story, no? Oh, yeah, of course. True, the true underdog story. So, uh, will you explain how the Republic got started? Because you said you uh, have you have a bit of expertise about the Roman Republic. How did that whole uh, thing get started? Uh, well, there were seven kings of Rome. Uh, the last of which was driven out by... Uh, Each of the seven kings was kinglier than the last. Yeah. Um, they were driven out by... I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But that started the founding of the Roman Republic. And would you care if I went into a bit of detail on the what the Roman Republic is in and of itself? No, sure. Go on as much detail as you'd like, but right. be prepared for witty commentary from me. Well, the structure of the Roman Republic is there are two sitting consuls. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to only be patricians, but 379 B.C., there was one patrician consul and one plebeian consul. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Please explain what a, a plebeian or patrician is, please. A uh, patrician is an, a member of the upper class, uh, wealthy, aristocratic. Uh, they typically had to be able to trace their lineage back to the founding of Rome. Uh, plebeians were the common people of Rome. So the, uh, say, patrician is a, a military leader, a businessman, a government employee, sometimes fancy artist, and, but a plebeian is, say, your, your farmer, your tradesman. Uh, well, most military personnel were plebeians. I mean, I mean, I mean like the military officials, like your generals, oh, yes, your majors. Yes, of course. They were all members of the Roman Senate. And, and, and these two classes and the, uh, the Republic? Yes. Uh, the patricians controlled most of the Republic until the late, uh, I would say, early to mid-transition of the Republic. Um, there was one, only one position of government the plebeians could uh, run for. The were, Tribunal of uh, Plebeians, mm-hmm. which was like, um, what do you say, it's like the uh, past representatives? That is exactly what I'd say. Uh, uh, we, we will go into the... Uh, how it uh, pertains to America and the lesson we can learn from Rome in, um, in later. But uh, continue. Are you still recording? Of course, I'm recording. Right. This this records all the time. Okay. It never not records. Well, after that, you have. Let's see here. I covered consuls. You have your uh, praetors, which were judges, such as. Praetor sounds like a villain from Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> I am Praetor, destroyer of Rome. Uh, they functioned sort of as our house, or not house of representatives, but our Supreme Court works. Uh, was there, or tell me, was there ever a Roman version of Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I don't believe so. Dang. <laughs> and that's why history sucks, children. 
Well, enough um, with Bader Ginsburg. After the Praetors, we have the Aediles, which were a mostly... That sounds like an insult, Aedile. I understand. You stupid Aedile. <laughs> uh, they were in charge of... Stupid Aedile. ...public events, <laughs> maintaining temples... Uh, would uh, you say they're like the uh, Department of the Interior? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Or like, actually, maybe uh, locally the TVA. Oh, yeah. My grandma worked for the TVA. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and the lowest rank in the Roman Senate was a quaestor, and I would... It's a very confusing topic with quaestors because they did not hold much senatorial power... Were they like a senator's aides? Yes. Like like a you know like a senator as aides. I, I don't mean like aides as in the disease. I mean like a, you know an aide. Yeah, as an assistant. Yeah. yeah, they were typically sent with uh, proconsuls and propraetors, which were consuls and praetors who had retired from their positions and were currently governing provinces. Quaestors uh, were typically sent with them to learn the <laughs> tricks of the trade. Wow. So. Like a congressional intern. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm going to stick this piece of wood out my nose. Uh, that part will get edited out. <laughs> All right. Um, should it? Should it? Maybe. Should, should I tell the audience that I was sticking a, a piece of wood I found out my nose? <laughs> well, certainly the worst places to put it. <laughs> like through your heart. You would oh, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that Get works. your mind out of the gutter, Brennan. Oh, sorry. For the sorry. love of God. <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm, I'm not editing this part out. That part's too bad. This routine's too funny. Yeah. Let's see here. Where were we? Uh, we were. You discussed praetor. You discussed the various jobs in the Roman Senate. Ah, uh, yeah, the Roman Senate. Well, that was the fundamentals, or better yet, that is what the Roman Senate was. That is how it became the Republic. Uh, the consuls were... Oh, I, my apologies. I forgot a big part. The tribunes of the... Or not tribunes of the people, but the people's assembly. Uh, there were three people's assemblies. The only one I'm going to discuss is the... Century Assembly. Why don't you tell us what a, uh, what a uh, people's assembly is? Uh, it's, assembly, it's an assembly of people. Sort of like our electoral college. They were in charge of... Voting in uh, co the, co uh, the year's consuls, the praetors, um, high-ranking government officials. Wait, would you say it is like a? And this is this is this a direct democracy or a representative democracy? Oh, it's a representative democracy. Would you say? Uh, would you say it's more like America's system or more like Britain's parliamentary system, where uh, where the uh, consul is elected by the Senate? Well, the thing is. The Roman consul is not elected by the Senate. It's elected by the people. Very important, so it's well, like America. Yeah. Uh, there is a popular vote, and then there is the Century Assembly. And the Century Assembly being sort of or quite similar to our Electoral College elects the praetors and consuls for that sitting year. Uh, that, is, that is all I'm going to go into on the assemblies because they can be... Very... I can see how one could easily get confused 
Uh, now, what is a console exactly? I know, but uh, I know. Actually, why don't I explain them? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Console is basically like a, there's two of them. One to check each other's powers. Uh, and after, after Rome has been ruled for kings for seven years. No, it wasn't seven years. There's seven uh, kings. Well, they, since they were ruled by kings for a while, and they were giving out representative democracy a try, I'm sure you can understand their fears of one guy having too much power. Ironic, considering Rome's fate. But anyway, they had two consoles, one to check it, two so they could... One couldn't grow too powerful, and they were elected for one year. They were sort of like the president, but um, that was said. But in times of crisis, what happened, Brendan? During a, if there was say if there was one of those stupid barbarian groups was coming at you, what was the who? What happened? Uh, they would elect a dictator, and that dictator assumed life, life and death powers over the Roman people to deal with bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. Yeah, to circumvent the bureaucracy of. The political system. Uh, dictator is Latin for to speak. Yes. That's where we get the word dictate. Yeah. Uh, they held those powers for a total of six months. Mm-hmm. Except in special cases, i.e. Julius Caesar, who held dictator imperium, dictator for life. Or, I said dictator imperium. Dictator perpetual. Well, good Latin, Bren. I'll be sure to bring you back for the episode we do about Latin. Alright. <laughs> Teach the listeners that it's not a real episode. Oh, okay. That's not uh, Let's see here. We should, uh... Oh, um... Well, so, uh... So that is, is essentially the Roman Republic. Am I right? Is that in yeah. basic effect the Roman Republic? Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Good. The re- Rome didn't always say republic, did it, Brennan? No, it did not. What happened to Rome? You said what happened? Yeah, why? It, what happened after a while? Well, there were a series of civil wars, the most famous of which being the last one between Julius Caesar and Pompey Magnus. Stupid Pompey. Forget I hate that guy. Uh... Pompey represented the conservatives, conservative faction, which basically they valued the patricians more than the plebeians. And conservatives he, ruining things even since the ancient times. And Caesar, being a man of the people, represented the plebeians, even though. Caesar himself was a patrician. God bless Julius Caesar for that. God bless him. Julius Caesar, the uncrowned emperor, was the first, well, unofficial emperor of Rome. So what happened, in effect, is Julius Caesar was elected dictator for a while. Didn't want to give up his power. Pompey tried to stop him, but soon Pompey found him. But as as uh, Mark's parents listeners will know, Pompey... Uh, uh, got beat up by Julius Caesar, then ran to then ran to Egypt, and then uh, where he was executed. Not by Julius Caesar, but just by people that really liked Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar, Julius Caesar's sometimes a girlfriend, Cleopatra's brother, Ptolemy. Yeah, fun group. That'd be. A... Don't even get me started on the House of Ptolemy, and then going into a Caesarian. <laughs> Ptolemy, that's a funny name. I like it. But I hate to say that you're wrong on something. 
Julius Caesar was not dictator until after the Civil War, after he marched on Rome. After he marched on Rome. So, uh, the reason why he marched on Rome was because he could not stand for election for consul. Because you have to, because once you, and this is important to note, yes. once you're elected consul, you can't run again for 10 years. And when you when you hold an an office such as consul, praetor, uh, or any governorships, yes, uh, you have something called imperium, which puts you above the law. And somebody better tell Donald Trump that. <laughs> and Caesar, being the governor of Cisalpine Gaul, Transalpine Gaul. Uh, he was wishing to run for consul, but he couldn't. You have to be in the city, and once you enter the city, you renounce all titles. Hold on, I can insert a fun fact. Julius Caesar was once the governor of Spain. Uh, yeah, he was the governor of Hispania. Then. Uh, so, one could say that Julius Caesar once held the position of CEO of Spain. Yes, I like that. Then he became the CEO of Rome for, for a while. Yeah. Until um, until uh, that one fateful night. On the Ides of March. The Ides of March. Beware the Ides of March. Please, Brennan, explain that horrible, the most horrible tragedy ever to befall a man of his stature. I understand. Uh, yeah, Please explain. What happened essentially was there were 23 conspirators, I believe. Uh, Marcus Brutus being one of them, uh, I believe Cicero. Yes, it was Cicero. Yep. Uh, and several others. They planned to assassinate Julius Caesar. Uh, boy, did they. They stabbed like 23 times. They did stab him 23 times. One for each of them. One. Everybody got one good stab in. So, yeah! Oh, no! And then Julius Caesar said, E2 Brute, which is uh, Latin for, and you, Brute. But actually, he never said that. They, they, Shakespeare made that up. Really? Because, yeah, had, you never knew that? No, actually, I didn't. I thought that was actually no, a word. No, because only an idiot would know, only an idiot would not know that once you get stabbed 23 times, your capacity for speech and thought is really greatly diminished. I mean, they practically George Caesar to mincemeat. Well, actually, out of those 23 stabs, only six were fatal, I believe. Oh, well. Guess they need to work on their aim. Stabbing. The, only, the one that killed him was by Marcus Brutus. He was stabbed in the groin. Ah, man, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Ah, ah, man, I'm cringing right now. Yeah. But that was the downfall of the Republic. That was 44... BCE, I believe. Yes, yes. And after that arises the first emperor, Augustus. And that leads us into a new segment, what I like to call Rome, an empire. I would like to say that the empire was much less effective than the... What? Republic? Yeah, than the Republic. Uh... Why was it less effective? It seemed to be... I thought thought absolute power was always more effective. Of course not. Uh, If I may quote, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Oh, an obligatory... uh, Who said that? 
can't quite remember. I can't remember either, but uh, you should look that card up. I think it was, uh, I don't know. But it's just not, that's not really uh, important to Rome. The, the quote itself is important. But, um, but as we actually see, the thing is, the Roman Empire had a, fir- uh, had a first few good emperors. So we had Augustus Caesar, who is best known for having statues of him, and there's a baby attached to his leg for some uh, ungodly reason. I'll never know why. Brenda, do you know why there's always a baby attached to, to uh, Augustus's leg? Uh, you can, I can tell you. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's because all babies saw Augustus as their father. Possibly. Oh, I could guess this. Uh, yeah, he, he had a pretty good little empire. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, of course. He controlled it. He was related to Caesar, after all, so... Yeah, he was his nephew. He was his nephew, and, and what a good nephew he was, carrying on the tradition of being Caesarian. Um, yeah, so um, that leads us into, but there was a, but after him, there was some, unfortunately, some bad ones. Let's talk about the bad ones because they're fun to make fun of. All right. Let's <laughs> start going into the bad ones. Uh, Caligula. Yeah, first one was Caligula. First one is Caligula. Oh, Don't even get me started on Caligula. He had sex with all three of his sisters and sometimes prostituted them out when he was low on money. Yep. He, uh, he made his. Uh, he also sometimes had sex with his horse and made it a cop, made it a, uh, uh, gave yeah. it a good government position. So that horse was. He made that horse consul, I believe. That horse was indeed the consul of Rome for a while. And he was actually a pretty effective ruler, the horse was, yeah. if I remember. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Horses can't be rulers. Say so that to Caligula. <laughs> yeah, I'll, tell, I'll tell him, if I ever get into a time machine, I'm going to say Caligula. You're all kinds of messed up, my guy. Oh yeah. Uh, but we got that one movie with that with uh, the guy that played uh, the guy from Clockwork Orange. Oh uh, yeah. Alex McDowell. Yeah. Yeah, he played Caligula in the movie. Uh, let's see here. Bad emperors. Uh, there was Nero who yeah. played the fiddle while Rome burned. He he said Rome's burning. It's time for a new concerto. He pulls out his fiddle. Yeah. Rome, and then he blamed it all on the Christians. Um, because it, well, mm. it's, it's always easy to pick on a religious minority. Yeah, of course. Uh, which uh, picking on religious minorities will probably be talked about in the uh, in the last segment, which I like to call Rome and how it applies to today. Okay, that's yeah. a good segment. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Caligula and the Nero were the two really bad ones that stick out. But but also the thing is with with Roman history, especially when it comes to Caligula and Nero, you never know if anything is said about them is actually true because. Um, well, I like to say, Roman historians had a funny relationship with the truth. Yeah. Them and the truth weren't exactly friends. Yeah. So they, they, they always had a funny they had a funny way about them with the truth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Let's take a break from the bad emperors. Let's go into the five good emperors. There was five good ones, and boy, were they great. Yes, they were. My favorite is Marcus Aurelius. Despite who he was. Marcus Aurelius. He was... Emperor from 161 to 180 CE. Let's see here. He was also a philosopher. He was a philosopher. He invented Stoicism, uh, which relies on you not giving in to your stupid, puny emotions and uh, and dealing with logic and being rational. I myself am a Stoic. Brendan, you a Stoic? Yeah, of course. As all great people, great and noble people ought to be. Uh, but he made Rome the way he. Uh, and he had the largest land holdings of any Roman emperor. He did. Because the important thing is to know is that they did indeed fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Germanic tribes 
always they like to play both offense and defense. Yeah. Funny, funny times. And uh, who's name another one of the good emperors? Uh, let's talk about Trajan for a second. Trajan was the wealthiest Roman emperor, wasn't he? Was he was. not? Also regarded as the best Roman emperor. He was regarded as Optimus Princeps, the best first. Uh, anybody, uh, I regard Marcus Aurelius as the best. I understand that. Because Marcus Aurelius wrote a book called Meditations, which he just wrote down his various thoughts. He's a good guy. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Name another one. Uh, another one. Let's go for Antonius Pius. Antonius Pius! Who the heck is he? Uh, if I'm being honest. I don't quite remember. Uh, most he was a a Gallic. Uh, you hear that too? Yeah. Podcast um, listeners, if you're listening to this, we are in the woods and we hear a strange noise. All right. The next of these great emperors is Hadrian, who you might know for a wall. Yeah, he uh, built a wall in Britannia. Well, well as it was known then. It's actually uh, Scotland, Middle Scotland. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah because that's the island of Britannia. As oh, a whole. the island of Britannia, but the, but the wall itself yeah. was sort of was built across uh, where I think south of Edinburgh. Yeah, I believe so. They it, it encompassed the good parts of Scotland and the good parts of Britannia because northern Scotland was too wild and too furious yeah. to be conquered by the Romans, and good for them. Yeah, they were. Uh, they uh, uh, every time they met the Romans on field battle uh every time they were defeated they just fled back into the hills them being the scots yeah uh do you have any uh obligatory braveheart references to make not at the moment all right i'll make one you can take my life but you can never take my freedom yes sir and i had every time you mentioned scotland a braveheart reference must must happen Oh yeah, no. I mean, that's that is a simple fact of life. Yeah, of course. You can't. I mean, it's, you can't even talk. So Hadrian has Britannia, and yeah. he works to be able to. Um, what do you say his biggest achievement is besides the wall? Besides the wall, or is he pretty much just a wall guy? Honestly, that's all he's really known for. Oh, is the wall. Oh, is the wall, and, 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 he, Rome, and it's. Pax Romana state. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I guess it's actually the Pax Romana. Oh, yeah. That's probably, we forgot about talking about Pax Romana. We did. <laughs> okay, okay. Pax Romana was a 200-year period of peace. Pax Romana is uh, Latin for Roman peace. Uh, where no major wars happened. Yeah. No real wars. Just some skirmishes between people hungry for power. But no major wars. Long One of the longest periods of peace in history. Real nice. Real, real nice. Yes. But uh, just about all the good emperors we've talked about, I think all of them? Yeah, all of them. All of them uh, were in Pax Romana, but it's actually started by my good friend Augustus Caesar. Yes. Who I like and admire for his leadership abilities. Now, the adopted son of Hadrian was Antonius Pius. Uh, the next emperor we'll be discussing. Antonius Pius was, he was a former consul of Rome. Uh, he was governor of Asia Minor, I believe. Um, Which is uh, southwestern Asia? Uh, southwestern Asia, around Syria, 
Middle Eastern area. Yeah, the Middle Eastern area. The area formerly controlled by the uh, Persian Emperor. Yes. Scratchy, um, scratchy, scratch. Scratchy, scratch. Scratchy, scratch. Scratchy, scratch. Scratchy, scratch. Really, he's not really known for much. He was just known for being generally good. He kept everybody happy. I mean, he was like a, uh, say, uh, compared to a president. President. Let's see, one of our few peacetime presidents. I can't think of many. Um, I mean, no president in modern years is peacetime because we've had that. Yeah. Health, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that funny, those funny adventures in the Middle East we keep finding ourselves in. Yeah. <laughs> they sure are funny. <laughs> uh, so a peacetime president who, who is a peacetime president I can't really think any that, but I mean uh, just look up one of the random 1800 Gilded Age presidents I mean you're wasn't Jefferson a peacetime president didn't he have that scrap with the no no he was a, but he's I'd say he was a peacetime president he'd be Marcus Aurelius because in his writings he was said to like Marcus Aurelius mm-hmm. a peacetime president actually a president I have to compare him to is like one of those Weird early 1900s presidents that didn't do anything. They just sat there and... Taft. Sat there. Taft. <laughs> it is Taft. Yes, sir. <laughs> Taft, the president, the got stuck in the bathroom. It is Taft. It is Taft. Actually, true story, he did get stuck in the bathroom and took four, four White House staffers and a pound of butter just to slide him out of there. Yes. <laughs> and then when he was done, he bought a new bathtub that was described as big as large as a pond. So uh, he was a funny guy. I like him. Yeah. He had a real nice mustache. Um, yeah, a very smart man too. Real smart. And, and uh, he once cried when Teddy Roosevelt insulted him in a debate. Really, I did not know that. He was so emotional. No, he was actually the only president to be both. So I said chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was somewhat corrupt, and then. Yeah. He he was good for the time. He was he was okay. Oh yeah, of course. He was okie dokie. And and that's what uh, that's what Hadrian no Hadrian uh, Antonio Pius Antonio's Pius was he was just an okay guy. Yep. He's considered great because I mean we had guys like we had a we had guys like um Nero and Caligula just sort of running everything. So uh, even a little bit of goodness goes a long way in Roman emperors. Yep. And that is the last of the good ones. The rest were just Oh, we did miss one. Who? Nerva. Nerva. Yeah. The five good Nerva. I forgot about him. I did Nerva too. Caesar Augustus. Original name Marcus um, Cassius Nerva. He was. Uh, the, he, he was, was the first of them. How, how did we forget this guy? I don't know. Sorry, it must have just slipped our minds. Uh, we are on a mountain, so the air up here is a bit thin. Yeah. Unlike me, who is not a bit thin. It's all right. Um, He's not really known for much. Just for being the first of the five good emperors. Well, so uh, so he was another, I guess, Taft-like figure that yeah. didn't really do much of anything, but he was just good in comparison to guys like Caligula and Nero. Yeah. And, and others. That, that, I mean, but Caligula and Nero, I mean, and that was the rest of the five good emperors. The rest of the emperors are, um, I wouldn't say they're bad, they're just not really any much of anything. Yeah. They barely, they barely exist. They are like the President James Buchanan and the fact that they barely exist... Uh, yeah. Oh, did you wait? Fun fact: Did you know President James Buchanan was gay? Really? Yes, he was. He was the first gay president. Huh? I did not know that. Uh, he he wasn't that good of a president though. So, um, he was gay. So, uh, you have to give him some credit for that for being yeah. gay at such a uh, conservative time. Yeah. 
but you also have to give him not credit for being a terrible president. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, let's see here. It's an odd case study in history. What would you like to cover next? Oh, uh, well, we've talked about the Empire. Oh, the Empire's holdings. Various places the Empire conquered. Because to understand Rome, we need to understand... The people it The people controlled. it controlled. We need to understand how big of a superpower it was. I mean, we're talking... North Africa. We're talking North, North Africa. We just forgot the Punic Wars. We did forget the Punic Wars. Whew. We covered that in a separate episode because this is a lot of info. This is a lot of info. And believe you me, we will be back... Uh, to talk about the Punic Wars, which is yeah. how we're, we're serious with wars between Rome and Carthage that ends with elephants. Yep. As all good wars must. Yes. If a war doesn't end with elephants, it, it never existed. That is true. <laughs> that's why they do not recognize the legitimacy of World War One or Two. They had no elephants, so that's... They, mu- they must not exist. Because elephants are awesome. It's just, just putting that out there for my listeners to the podcast. Bryson Lee thinks that elephants are awesome. Oh, yeah. And you like them, Brennan? Yeah. I guess Brennan thinks elephants are awesome, too. This is a shout-out to elephants. Yes, sir. Oh, speaking of shout-outs, oh, Brennan uh, didn't make a shout-out. Uh, oh, uh, shout-out to John Mark Bryson, who was originally going to be the first guest on the show. Yeah, but I guess, yeah, someone wasn't as good as me. <laughs> yeah, I bet you weren't as good as Brennan. Yeah. Sorry, John Mark. Sorry, John Mark Bryson. Also, uh, yeah, so, well... Uh, Let's see. We've covered. So let's let's discuss how areas Rome conquered. Let's just start naming them one after the other. North Africa. Uh, Spain. <laughs> Spain. Scotland. Gaul. Which is France. Yeah. And parts of Germany. And yeah. and of course, how can we forget Gaul? Also, is Luxembourg. True. Who doesn't like Luxembourg? Luxembourg is one of those countries that I don't think gets enough credit for being what it is. I mean, nobody says Luxembourg. They're like, where's it at? I know where it's at. So if you're if, if nobody in Luxembourg listening to this, but in the off chance that someone from Luxembourg is listening to this, we appreciate you. We appreciate you, <laughs> and and one day uh, we wish you you were considered an important part of history. Yeah. And, and congratulations on your economic success. I mean, you're, you're oh, absolutely yeah. in the economic sector. You're one of the richest countries in Europe. And you're you got an economy that's absolutely through the roof. Um, so anyway, yeah, so they conquered. They also had parts of Germany, and um, they went to uh, Eastern Europe. Yep, they had Syria, uh, Israel, Egypt later e- on. Yeah, Egypt, yes, that's where uh, Julius Caesar met Cleopatra and Ptolemy. And, uh, had his first, well, not first, but one of many love childs. One of many passionate love childs. Yep, Caesarian. Caesarean, which is actually Latin for little Caesar. Caesarean would go to actually invent pizza. Really? Yeah, that's why it's called Little Caesars. I actually did not know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's why. That's why. That's why Little Caesars is pizza time because Caesarean, Julius Caesar's son, invented pizza. And that is a fact because you heard it from me, Bryson Lee. My word is law because I am God. Well, we forgot one country that who, what country? Rome is had. Who, what country is it? Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we named all the fringe states, but we did not name... Italy! Yeah. Now I want to do a guy from Italy. Really? Yeah. Um, first name Joe, last name Mama. Mm, you got me. Mama. <laughs> 
Oh man, I can crack myself up. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. So that's the places. And, and I mean, that's a bit, if you look at those places I had on the map, you will see that um, the Mediterranean. You can see why the Mediterranean at the time was known as the Roman Lake. Oh yeah. Because the Rome had everywhere around it. I mean, Rome. Yeah, Rome absolutely destroyed. I mean, they didn't. But um, but not all. I mean, at the first, they treated their conquered peoples good. Uh, well, as good as you know, conquered people can be treated. Yeah. But uh, like that, as time grew, the, the, the as Tacton as Tacton as uh, that one guy Tactinus. Yeah. They uh, said they create deserts and call it peace, which is his yeah. way of saying they pretty much just decimated all the conquered peoples and said, "Drop all that." Yeah. Pull out the pull out the champagne. Yeah, it was that was not that was not good at the end. Yeah, towards the end it got pretty bad. <laughs> oh, and that mm-hmm. brings us to our next segment. I'll try to call. The end. Alright. It's not the end of the podcast, it's just the end of Rome. Yeah. Rome, as you know, fell apart in the 15th century. Yes. Uh, because of many reasons. Though Rome itself fell, the Roman Empire, or what we think of as Rome, is in the, Rome, as in the, um, Rome is in the concept, the, uh, Rome is in the empire fell in the 15th century. With the collapse of the, the Byzantine Empire, the, the yes. Byzantine or Eastern Roman Empire, but the city of Rome got sacked in. Um, was it what eight hundred? In eight in uh, the eight hundred to nine hundreds by various Germanic people who declared. Uh, but but the Roman Empire itself survived because of a uh, guy named Justinian who said, "Hey, let's take Rome and move it somewhere else." Mm-hmm. And he moved it to uh, Constantinople. What is Istanbul? Yeah. Like Constantinople. Also, the name of a good song, Istanbul. You know that song, Brendan? Yeah. Istanbul, not Constantinople. Istanbul, Constantinople. Been a long time gone, Constantinople. Constantinople, get the works. That's nobody's business for the Turks. I don't know why I'm singing this song. I'm probably going to edit that part out. All right. I don't think I will. <laughs> uh, where are we at? The collapse of the Roman Empire. That came with the collapse of the... Byzantine Empire or Byzantine Empire, uh, which is which is uh, Eastern Rome. Yeah, Eastern uh, Rome. It fell apart for many complicated reasons. Reasons that could be considered Byzantine themselves. Yeah, because Byzantine is also a word for complicated. And uh, you know, we might make another episode about the Byzantine Empire. We should. We we really should because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother because I mean that, that's where Rome. That's where I would say that's where Rome really started thriving. I mean, oh yeah. You look at the side the uh, Hagia Sophia and you think, man. That's a good-looking building, and then that's that's where that's where Roman law really just started picking up its wings, and that's where pretty much where law where it comes from. But the Byzantine Empire fell apart in the 15th century, many reasons. Well, pretty much the same reasons that the city of Rome fell. Yeah. Your basic ones: political instability, uh, conquering peoples. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, so some north, some guys from uh, some uh, groups from out of uh, Eastern Europe decided yep. this place is theirs. Mm-hmm. I decided to take the city of Byzantine. This is, uh, but that's that's it. Also, it gets more complicated than that. And Byzantine, and Byzantium will be discussed in another episode. Yeah. The funny Byzantium sounds like an element of some sort. It does. It does. Byzantium. If I ever discover an element, I'm gonna name it Byzantium. All right. I like that. Actually, I'm. I'll probably name it Brasonium. John. Huh. Yeah. And now for a section I like to call Rome in America Today. The influence of Rome has lasted throughout the years, influencing America today more than 
many other early civilization did. Um, Brandon, would you care to explain? Uh, yeah, the American political system, uh, you know, the House of Representatives, the Senate, the President, the Supreme Court, it's all loosely based on Rome. That's sort of like how um, the... Hmm, I'm trying to think of a, something that's loosely based on something else. Sort of like how the 90s version of Lord of the Flies is really loosely based off the book. Yeah. Um, or how the version, or how Jurassic Park is loosely based off the Michael Crichton novel. Yeah. Or, or how Jaws basically is loosely based off the Peter Benchley book. Yeah. Basically, any Spielberg thing is really loosely based off the source material. Yeah. Well, um, for example, let's start talking about it. Uh, where would you like to start with? Well, we're top oh. to bottom and bottom to top. Top to bottom. All right, the president. We can automatically assume. He's a consul. Yeah, he's a consul. But. Um, slight differences. Uh, there's not have, two presidents. Yeah, there's not two presidents. We don't have, uh, let's see here, one-year terms. But they do have the power of veto in common. Yes. They have, well, they don't have the ability to declare war. But um, they have the ability, they are the commander-in-chief in the army, just as the consuls were. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think of more similarities. Uh, they're both elected by a... Well, I wouldn't really say a tribune of the people. It would have to... Or not a tribune, but an assembly of the people. It would have to be an electoral college of sorts. So the assembly of the people is, becomes the electoral college. No, yeah. it was the... Assembly of the Centuries, it became the electoral, that is the electoral college. Oh, wow. Centuries referring to the Roman centurion. Which is a soldier, right? Yeah, they were in command of century, or century, uh, in Latin meaning 100 men. They were actually in charge of 80, because 20 slaves. But that's for a different time. Uh... Alright, I'm moving down. So, we got the Praetors, which are quite similar to these Supreme Court Justices. But alas, there is no Praetor that was that is equivalent to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, I declare that your analogy is incorrect, my friend. Oh, wow. And there is no Praetor that is probably similar to uh, any other Supreme Court person. Well, they may have not been similar, or the people may not have been similar, but the jobs were quite similar. Oh, the jobs. uh, The Roman Praetor was a judge. They were in charge of the court system of Rome, just as the (laughs) Supreme Court is the head (laughs) court of of America. Um, Ediles. Um, I don't know if they draw them to. They would be. Uh, Which one did you say was like a congressional aide? The Quaestors. That's at the bottom. I'm trying to think of something to compare the Ediles to. What did you say the Ediles were? They, again, just in case some of the listeners they, forgot. Not that uh, I forgot, but. Uh, they were in charge of. I actually forgot. It's okay. They were in charge of maintaining the city 
hosting games. Oh, yeah. you see, Oh, they're like the uh, Department of the Interior. Yeah. Or the yeah. TVA or any other sort of interior agency. Yeah. Um, and then we have the Quasters, which were not really a political office. They're like a congressional intern. Yeah, they're like a congressional intern. They're learning the ropes to become, you know, Edile's, Praetor's, or possibly Consul. Uh, Tribune of the People. How many of them was there? I'm trying to think. Were there three? Were there four? I think there were four. And that is similar to the House of Representatives we have today. Uh, they were elected by the people, of the people, and they had the power to veto the the consul at the time, similar to how Congress can veto... The president's veto. Yeah. They can block veto. a veto, which is why I am putting dirt on my leg. Yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> it is seem when I brush the dirt off, it is similar to how somebody veto something. Yeah, the dirt is a thing I don't like, and my hand is the veto. <laughs> um, let's see here. We covered tribunes of the people, quaestors, ediles. Um, this was fun. Praetors and the consuls. So that is how I'm simple. But I think we can learn a lot from Rome and its mistakes. Oh yeah, of course. Like we should know that. Um, uh, going down to various other places and attempting to um, conquer them never works out. Well, it worked out for a while, but it but eventually is proves unsustainable and leads to the demise. We can yes, we can also learn that um, the corruption is bad because of how corrupt some of them were. Oh yes, of and um, how that furthered the instability that eventually killed Rome. Uh, which emperor was it that publicly insulted the Senate, it announcing could... them as the quote-unquote dogs that they were? Uh, that they did not hold anything to the senators of old. Quite frankly, it could have been a number of them. Just about, a, just about a, except, anybody except the five good ones could have said that. And even the five good ones had some bad days. Any of them yeah. could have said that. Actually, I think that was Nero. Well, it's Nero. What do you expect? He likes to call people dogs. Yeah, true. And, and he likes to call dogs people. Like he goes up yeah. to a dog and says, hey, Hello, kind sir. I can see that you were indeed a person. I think yeah. Nero was rough. Nero would have been a funny guy to talk to. Oh, yeah. He would have been hilarious. Um, let's see here. When you said conquering, well, divide that in pura, divide and conquer. Um, it's not always a bad thing if for the civilizations of, of old, you know, Rome, uh, Greek city-states, and so, conquering was a good method for them to gain influence, but their downfall wasn't really the conquering, it was the overexpansion too quickly. Yes, so um, growth is unsustainable sometimes. You have to have a sustainable growth. You have to be able to manage the territories that you conquer, and that's a downfall of Rome under... Uh, I don't remember which emperor it was. It led the empire to its greatest landmass. Um, hey, it was Marcus Aurelius. Aurelius, yeah. And Aurelius was real smart. Aurelius was smart, but that was one of his mistakes. Well, nobody is perfect. I understand. 
That is very true. Unless you're me, of course. Oh, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> um, so, uh... Uh, that's all I really have to say. So, um, Abe, could we learn a lesson about, say, um, the cl about classes, about social classes oh, yeah, and about equality? There, there doesn't need to be a divide between the patricians, plebeians, normal people, and the... Upper, there shouldn't the be a divide upper. between the upper class and everybody else. Yeah. Because I think that was one of the things that brought about the instability that finally killed Rome. Is oh, that it was. It was, it was an unsustainable system from the start. It was like a... It was Rome's original sin. There does... Actually, there is always going to be a class, but they need to be able to bridge the divide. Not if there was socialism, there shouldn't be. Attention, workers of the world, we must own the means of production. God. Listen, we can come back another day and talk about socialism. So socialism. Yeah, that's for the socialism versus libertarian power hour. Is now, dear listeners, it is time for the saddest part of all: the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on, Bryson. Uh, thanks for letting me be your first guest. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. We are shaking hands right now. And why? Um, uh, you should expect to see another episode in three weeks. Um, so, you know, just listen to this one. And listen to it again if you like. And maybe a third time. Yeah. Once a week. Once a week. The next Until episode. the next episode. Which, uh, I'm not sure the next episode yet, but as soon as I decide on the topic, I'll begin writing it. And finding guests. Alright. So, this is the last end of the episode. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Mount Bryson. As the sun sets, literally, the sun sets on this episode, metaphorically. Yes. Goodbye.